rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new, let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! In this holiday episode, we discuss exciting new games coming in 2019. For Dice Roll, we'll list games on our Christmas list this year, and we have special double escape room report. Lauren, happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> happy Festivus for the rest of us. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's the holiday season. Yes. You know, whether you celebrate Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever Bahal people celebrate, <laughs> I'm not sure. The Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm sure they've got something on the books too, yeah, right? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we thought it'd be fun to share about, um, not only in this episode, what we'd be wanting mm-hmm. to uh, get some time in the future, but games that are coming out next year as well. Mm-hmm. So we thought we would first start off with looking towards the new year, because that's another holiday here that I think we all celebrate, uh-huh. those of us who are at least prescribed to the Gregorian calendar. You know, <laughs> if you're not, then I don't know how you function in the society. But please write me a letter and tell me how that works out for you. So we went through um, a couple different lists that list kind of the anticipated games of 2019. Mm-hmm. And this is in no way um, the top anticipated games. These are just games that kind of stuck out to us. As being ones that looked interesting. And that's not even to say that we're going to get these games or anything. They're just ones, like I said, that stuck out to us. Either we found them interesting or they were ones that we recognize that people will like. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these were on Kickstarter, I noticed. Um, It looks like that is the preferred method for getting games made That's the new way to do it. It's just interesting because, like, how do you feel? Like, Kickstarter originally started out as being a way for people who they weren't publishers and things like that but they Mm -hmm. could get their games made and now it seems like publishers are using it to get their games made it's just i have a good game idea and i can't get it off the ground because i don't know how to start and yeah it's just i mean it's frustrating for me how do you feel about like your i mean i recently okay so i recently backed a kickstarter project yeah it was for the game one of the munchkin games yeah like but they don't need to kickstart their game no they don't like they know they're going to sell so that kind of upsets me that you did that. yeah i mean i guess like they know like they this is a way that they can get funds before they start making it mm-hmm. rather than have to purchase units and then sell them and then hope it you sells, know yeah. like you get the money kind of up front in a way before you actually start producing well but it's also a guarantee that this is going to sell then because munchkin is you know done a couple themes that like did not work out at all for them like mm-hmm. one of the first side themes that they did was the superhero one and the spy one and like those didn't really lift off the superhero one only got like one expansion the spy one got nothing uh-huh. they even did a kung fu one that like did nothing no mm-hmm. business but then they're like okay i guess people don't like those themes so like it's really a hit or miss as to what people would actually buy or not yeah you know? yeah i mean and i know like one of the big motivators for me sometimes with kickstarter is like some of them i'm like okay this is already backed basically or it's going to be backed mm-hmm. shortly or i know it will you know yeah. will get there i could just wait until it comes out comes out and yeah. buy it but sometimes like there's a lot of like kickstarter exclusives or bonus stuff you get through the kickstarter mm-hmm. that you wouldn't might you won't be able to get elsewhere you know or you could get them later on but it'll be much more expensive 
you know? Yeah. Like for this one, um, I went in with the, at first I went in with just the lowest to get like the um, expansion mm-hmm. or not to, not to get, what it is is it's an expansion of our um, steampunk one essentially Yeah. that we have. And originally I just put in to get the cards. But then I noticed like you were you were getting some of the bonus stuff, but not all of the bonus mm-hmm. stuff. And so by just upping my pledge like by five dollars, I was getting everything. So I was I just gonna say, tell me it. you're not one of those. I put ten thousand dollars to have my own card. Made. No, you no, know? no. <laughs> um, so okay, let's get into some of this list. Now, one of the Kickstarter ones that I saw that kind of stuck out to me is um, the Warehouse Thirteen. I game. knew you, I didn't look at your list. You gave me mm-hmm. the you gave me your list and then the list of the games and I didn't even look at your list. I was like, I want to do this myself. <laughs> but um yeah, no, that one caught my eye too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not as much of a fan of that show as you are. Yeah, see, I was a big fan of that show. So for me that really stuck out because it's it's interesting that it's getting a game at this point because like it's been a, a minute since that show was on yeah like, that's why i thought while. it was weird but then yeah. again same thing happened with firefly mm-hmm. it caught on with like a cult following and they're like i guess we can make a game of this yeah though the main difference here is that i'm looking at a picture of what looks like people playing the game it doesn't look nearly as complicated or like you know space uh demanding as the firefly uh-huh. game does yeah the firefly game has got this huge board it has like 20 decks of cards each with like 40 cards in them mm-hmm. and it's like holy crap just take setting up takes forever this one it still looks a little much but it, not as much it doesn't look as intimidating mm-hmm. yeah and um it is so it's a hidden trader game so it's very much kind of in the vein of um another tie-in game which is the Battlestar galactica game uh-huh but this also even compared to what i the little bit i've seen of Battlestar galactica that also looks like it has a lot of moving pieces and stuff mm-hmm. um this looks like it has a little bit less it is basically you are um you're looking for artifacts and just like kind of the the tv show um so i you know i'm kind of always a little on the fence about games that use um a a licensed product something Mm -hmm. that comes out of a tv show or comes out of a movie or things like that but i'm definitely curious about this one i don't know it's i guess it was supposed to have come out last year but it got pulled back so it'll be interesting to see how well it does like i said um warehouse 13 it was it was on a long time ago, and it wasn't a real big, um, a huge show. Like, it wasn't, it's, yeah. you know, Battlestar Galactica was a huge show. Firefly, even though it didn't do so well when it was on, became, like, this huge cult classic after the fact. I don't really feel like Warehouse 13 has that following. It's so not there yet, anyways, It'll be yeah. interesting to see how well the game does. I mean, it was kickstarted, mm-hmm. so obviously enough people wanted this. Yeah, but I mean, how many other people can you get sucked into this idea? Yeah, how how well will it sell beyond the Kickstarter? Yeah. I don't know. Um, one another one that was Kickstarted that I think will do very well is Hellboy the board game. Okay, <laughs> I had this and another one written down for the same reason. Uh-huh. This one and the Batman Gotham City Chronicles uh-huh, one. Uh huh. Yeah, that's now, another one. Here's the thing. I like Batman. I like Hellboy. I know Batman a lot more than I like than I know Hellboy. But the problem with the Batman game, Mm -hmm. because they look like they play almost very the same, you know, it's like, it's got a lot of minis. It's got like, you know, tiles that you put down to like move you dudes onto or whatever. Yeah. It's just the Batman one looked a thousand times more complicated. Yeah. Well, so the Batman one is a a movement dice rolling game. It it goes up to four, but it actually is one of the strange ones that it says it's actually preferred it to. Yeah, because it's so complicated. It would take me one hour to do my turn. Yeah. You five minutes, but still me an hour. Um, Whereas a Hellboy is a cooperative game where you're uncovering ancient artifacts. 
Um, both of them, what I find interesting is they are more comic based, mm -hmm. the way they look and stuff. Oh yeah, no, because it's got the the Hellboy comics from Dark Horse like yeah. style to it. It doesn't have the um, Ron Perlman look to it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I mean, I think both of them are going to do really well. I don't know if we would get either of them necessarily. I would be willing to get the Hellboy one just because Hellboy's always had kind of like this gritty, almost a noir kind of feel to uh -huh. it. And I like that. But like, there's no way in hell I would get the Batman one as much as I love Batman and that mm -hmm. franchise because it's it looks like it's too much. Just one of the character sheets. First of all, it comes with like a thousand minis, yeah. I guess, that you can buy, which mm -hmm. uh, I, I get the fact that you they always want to really have... Cool. I get the fact that you always want to have, like, a different version of something. Uh -huh. But it kind of feels like the Batman and Robin movie where it's like, I want a car. I want to have the Batmobile with armor on it. I want to have the Batmobile <laughs> with the jet skis on it. I want to have the Batmobile that can fly, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And just like this character card here, it's I'm seeing, like... too busy. I, I see 12 different things of, like, you put these kind of cubes here and that kind of... I'm like, I don't understand. I feel that even if I knew how to play this game, I'd still have to constantly refer to... You know, what does this symbol mean again? How does this work? And it's just... Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Some people like to get super deep and heavy into board games, and that's fine. And I mean, the miniatures in this look amazing. They Don't do. Get they me look wrong. Really They look cool. top-tier quality. But it's not worth it to me to have top tier quality minis mm -hmm. if I don't have a game that I can fully appreciate and understand going with that. Plus, also, here's the other problem. Yes, you may be a person who likes these super deep, complicated games. Can you get many friends to reliably play it with you yeah. to make it worth the price? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Yeah. It also looks like it's going to be a game that's going to be very expensive. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to have a ton of expansions all the time. Yeah. It's essentially like, you know how you go into the store and you see those little tiny boxes of like the Star Wars fighters? It's like, uh -huh. here's a Millennium Falcon. Here's a uh, TIE fighter with this special attachment. And like, it has its own stats. It's like that. Yeah. Where like, you can just go into the store, buy a different Batman figure or Batman villain or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then like, now you can add that to your game, which is cool. And I like that. But at the same time, uh, do I need that? You know, it has dinosaur love. It has a T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't remember there ever being a T Rex in Batman, <laughs> other than the one that he Fred Flintstones down at the beginning of the Batman and Robin movie. But besides that, you know. Yeah. So that's uh, Batman uh, Gotham City Chronicles that we're talking about. Yeah. But the one I did actually want to get, though, like I said, is the Hellboy one. Mm -hmm. Because that one, it looks like it's in the same kind of vein, uh -huh. just simpler. The minis yeah. still look great, but the actual gameplay itself looks reduced down to just like, here's a deck of cards and here's some dice. Yeah. And we're going for this, you know. And mm -hmm. like, yeah, there's a little bit of like moving guys around tiles, too. But it looks so much more simplified and reduced, but like in a good way, mm -hmm. you know. So I just, I, I think for my money and my, you know, dedication, I could probably go more for Hellboy because I think I can swing more people into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one is um, Museum. And that is a card drafting or card collecting game where you're trying to build the largest coherent collection for your museum. Mm -hmm. This one, it looks, um, it's not like super complicated looking. It doesn't, it has some pieces to it and some cards to it, but it doesn't look like, like too, too much. Some of the pictures I'm looking at here, they're actually from like the demos that they did at conventions. So I don't think the board is actually that big. No. I think that's just like a demo board kind of thing. 
I did like some of the items and stuff that it looked like you can collect. Mm -hmm. um, they, they're all very history based and stuff. Yeah, so no, that's I like that. And everybody has a different museum. Like one's like the mm -hmm. Victoria Museum, one's like the Berlin Museum, stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it looks like it's supposed to be a set collection game where like mm -hmm. if you get like five Egyptian artifacts, you get bonuses. If you get an artifact for like agriculture, science, technology, war, stuff uh -huh. like that, then you get a bonus. Yeah. And then apparently you can recruit like archaeologists to go out and find you museum pieces and bring them back easier. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's kind of one of those games, I think, where it's about set collecting. And then once you get a set, you get points to like help you build momentum so you can keep going. Eventually, you're just steamrolling your Yeah, way and that's kind of why I said it's about, like, creating a coherent uh, set mm -hmm. because it's not just about, like, like you said, it's about, like, trying to get, like, okay, I want, like, this Egyptian wing. Yeah. So I have all these Egyptian artifacts. It's not like, oh, I have one ar Egyptian artifact and I have one Greek artifact and I have one, you know, like, you're yeah. trying to, like, actually build a collection, not just, like, have a bunch of stuff. And I'm not saying this game is necessarily a take that kind of thing, mm -hmm. but I feel like it would be, like, a real coup to be, like but i need the sarcophagus mm -hmm. but I, i'm i'm four-fifths of the way to an egyptian wing i i, I have to have it's for my necrotic collection <laughs> yeah it's for my it's it's for my collection of the death and dying of people <laughs> yeah but come on you can get us something else man <laughs> yeah and that was um another kickstart game that's um i believe was successfully funded though um, this one, yeah, I just like the theme of it. Yeah. So I would definitely be interested to get this one. Mm -hmm. You know, I might want to see an actual like let's play to make sure I understand how it works. Yeah. But it looks fun. Yeah, and I, um, the artwork's kind of cute. It's kind of it's kind of cartoony, but not super cartoony. So I, I could see mm -hmm. this being one that you could even play with older kids too. Yeah, definitely. It looks fun. Another one. Now this one, it kind of is a little maybe misleading. It's called Escape Plan. It's an escape room in the box. It is not an escape room in the box. Darn. And not not traditionally anyway. Basically, it's kind of a card drafting area movement game where you play a bunch of crooks who you've already successfully heisted mm -hmm. something, a bank I think it is, and you've hidden your money away and you're in hiding, but it turns out the cops are narrowing in on you and now you must escape the city. And basically you're trying, the game is you're trying to escape the city and you can bribe cops to like make them look the other way as you try to get mm. away. Or you can call in local gangs to um, have roadblocks and things like that. Um, it looked interesting. It, it's mostly, it, it's a lot of like board pieces and you're kind of like, I think building out the city a little bit. So it, it does have a lot of stuff, but it's not a lot of like little cubes and little, mm -hmm. you know, and the artwork's kind of interesting. It's got kind of like, like a stylized uh, closing credits of like a heist film. Yeah, kind it's kind of kinda, it, it kind of has a little bit of a comic booky look to it. Yeah, somewhat comic booky, kind of almost like a '70s kind of feel to it uh -huh. in terms of like just like how they stylize things, but like in a fun way. So I don't know, like it it looks interesting. It might be a little too fussy for us personally, <laughs> but um, that's a word for it, fussy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just you know, like I said, we're kind of you know, it does have a lot of cards. It looks like, but it doesn't have a lot of like little pieces. So that's you know. Um, we're not, for whatever reason, we're not super into like the hexagon no, type games. Yeah. And it, it, this one does have, it looks like a, um, a kind of a hexagon shaped board. Um, so that's kind of, I don't know why it is that we're not into those. It's just because usually like that involves placing tiles down mm -hmm. and like building the thing out as we go and just our particular play style and how we like it, I think with us and our friends 
we like to just have the board set out ahead of time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, this is kind of your building as you go. Because we played that Ticket to Ride France one where you get to kind of lay the tracks out as you mm -hmm. go. And some of our friends did not like the way that worked. You know, so... Yeah. I think we prefer like, okay, here's how it is. Now let me make a strategy based upon what's actually here. Mm -hmm. Not like the ever-changing, oh, God, that's a mountain, not a road, you know? <laughs> um, so there's one that I think is totally up Greg's alley, and that is Welcome to Dino Yeah, World. I wrote that one down. Welcome to Dino World. That was amazing. Um, so this one actually, it's kind of, people may be somewhat familiar with it because it was actually um, the winner of, I believe, last year's Gen Can't which is essentially for everyone who can't go to Gen Con. Um, and <laughs> Gen they, Con, Gen Can. Yeah, and so they do giveaways, and they also have like um, a kind of where you can enter board games, and they have a whole like kind of um, print and write games, mm -hmm. that, and this was the winner of that. So essentially what it was is you could actually go to their site, and you could print off a digital copy for free That's and awesome. play it. Um, so this is the one that won that. Um, and so it was offered as a free downloadable for a long time, but then it was actually picked up by Alley Cat Games and they kickstarted it to make a fully updated retail version. Mm -hmm. And so you can't get it for a free download anymore because, you know, they asked if they would take that down now that it's, yeah, you know, now that, we're selling. Now that they're selling it. Um, and so it is, it's a paper and pencil um, kind of dice rolling game. No, what's interesting is that it reminds me. I remember when I was a kid and they wanted to see, like, am I, um, not special needs, but, like, you know, like, <laughs> gifted. Yes. You know, they want to see, like, is Greg smarter than the average uh, kid or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. And so they gave me this, like, IQ test or whatever, aptitude test. And one of the puzzles they had in there was, like, you know, draw these, like, squares for, like, animals or pens or something to fit in, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like this, you know. And so it kind of reminds me of that. It's almost like an IQ test where, like, you have, like, a grid system. But what's interesting is it says, like, requirements that each dinosaur needs. Like, oh, a Stegosaurus needs a five-square big pen, you know, mm -hmm. which is fine. But the problem is that you have to roll dice. And the dice that you roll determines what kind of shapes you can draw. Mm. So, like, if you draw, if you roll a one or a two, you can only draw one straight line. If you roll a three, you have to draw an L-shaped curve, you know, mm -hmm. so on like that. So... It's not so much like, how do I want to draw this? It's how can I draw this based upon the really weird dice rolls I just got? You yeah. know? So you have to sacrifice and like maybe maybe you have a great plan. Maybe that's not going to work out this time mm -hmm. for you. And it's kind of like a Jurassic Park theme. Essentially, you're creating um, a dino park. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of um, sort of a you know how they had they had a, um, a dinosaur version of like roller coaster tycoon zoo tycoon dinosaur expansion yeah I so yeah. so that it kind of reminds me of that but in like a paper board game kind of feel yeah and it's really fun and it's simple looking mm -hmm. i'm looking at just a picture of the board and i already pretty much get it don't even really need instructions mm -hmm. except for like one or two points but besides that, I feel like you can explain this to people very quickly. Yeah, and it looks like something that probably you could play with um, the whole family and kids could maybe even play mm -hmm. it. Um, and it's it's cute looking. And it's cool to see something that like someone just sort of came up with and then it was part of this contest and now it's like an actual like thing that you can buy or you're going to be able to buy. Yeah. Like that's that's cool. That's like you know, the the dream in a way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream, Lauren. Um, another one that I think lo thought looked really cool, um, it's called Darwin's Choice. This one looked amazing. Yeah, it's a strategy card game. It reminds me somewhat of um, a game that we have called Evolution in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but this actually has like event cards that kind of will trigger different things or can screw you up or whatnot. Um, what did you think of this one? Well, I thought it was really cool and interesting looking because you have like, cards with different 
animal parts on it, like different animal heads, different animal bodies, feet, mm-hmm. tails, whatever. And each of them has like stats that go along with it. You know, like if you give it a whale tail, it's good at swimming. If you get it bear claws, it's good at digging or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to lay the cards on top of each other, almost like one of those kids' toys of like mismatching like animal things. Yeah, like, so you're supposed it, to match them up right, but you're doing it wrong. Yeah, it builds like you, you're actually able to like build this little hybrid animal and it looks crazy like, and wacky. One of them I'm looking at right now is a seal body, butterfly wings, and a shrimp head. <laughs> because those stats work for us. There's one here that looks like um a giraffe head with like a platypus's body why not right (laughs) and what's so great is that yeah you're able to kind of make these fun weird creatures but also it allows you to kind of niche yourself if you want a nature to like i'm gonna be the best in the world at like foraging on like high shelves for stuff you know (laughs) yeah but the problem is like you said there's also the event deck that could Mm -hmm. cause a climate change or something to happen or i think one was like a meteor strike so then your your weird like super niche owning the game critter can get destroyed Mm -hmm. because you couldn't adapt to all of a sudden now we're going through a second ice age yeah and what i like that because like you know we have evolution and um it's actually a really fun game we like it we haven't played it a ton since we've gotten it but lauren doesn't like it because they went predator super early and just yeah her. yeah but we we've also had another friend who went predator super early and there wasn't enough for her to eat and suddenly she realized oh i have to eat like my own hand and we're like yeah and she's like well that's not fair and we're like that's why you don't go predators too soon because you there's not enough like stuff not to, enough eat. to go around yeah because you have to eat meat so that means you have to eat us um so i do like like in um evolution you're kind of just playing against one another whereas in this one like there's other outside forces that can screw up your game yeah so i thought that one was really interesting and that one probably is gonna make it on one of our need to have shelf lists right oh for sure i'll tell you this right now it's on mine (laughs) um and actually kind of going off that speaking of that um, the Evolution series of games has a new one coming out called Oceans. Ooh, that's fine. Um, which is, it's, you know, similar to the other Evolution games, although these are all ocean creatures. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the things they could have is um, electricity, like an eel or something Maybe bioluminescence. Like bioluminescence. Deep diving. It has that same artwork style, which is really pretty. I, I love that artist. I need to find uh-huh. out who that is and, like, really try to follow that. Yeah, them. so I thought that one, that one looked really cool. And um, that wasn't... One of the few that wasn't on um, like Kickstarter, obviously, but that's coming out next year. Another one coming out is uh, Kill Merlin. Mm, I saw this one. It didn't really catch me. It didn't really catch me. It's a set collection game. But I will say one of the reasons I added this to my list is I've been seeing people talking about this game everywhere. So uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a big one. It might be. It's a set collection game that's also kind of a take that, as they say, uh-huh. where you do something to screw up other people's games. But, uh, I mean... Just for me personally, I don't like take that as much. Uh-huh. Like with the right game, it's fine. But, you know. It, it also like it didn't look super like the artwork is super kid friendly because yeah. it's kind of like almost like rodents or something. Yeah. But like I, cu- I couldn't tell from like the game mechanics if it would really be a kid friendly game. I don't remember Based at all. Based on what I looked. I saw. want to say that the game itself said it was like for 10 and up, uh-huh. but I'm not sure. Yeah. But like I said, I've been seeing a lot about this game, so I have a feeling it's going to be one of the big ones this year. It probably will be. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know if I would ever get interested in it. I think I'd have to actually see it played yeah. to like really convince me or not. But as of right now, I'm kind of on the fence leaning towards no. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is um, The Edge of Darkness which is part of the um, Mystic Veil line of games, which is a kind of a card drafting um, worker placement game. It's all about um, kind of guilds 
um, controlling the city and um, generating resources and things like that. Um, I believe the Mystic Veil vale series is very popular, so I definitely see this one. Um, um, Just like got, another chapter in that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of another chapter in that. And they, you know, they have a lot of, it's very fantasy-based, very for the people who really like um, artwork and stuff. It's very, like, pretty artwork and things that I think will attract a lot of people. There was one game that I saw mm-hmm. that, um, you know, speaking of that, I thought would be interesting. I don't know much about it myself personally, but it was called... Um, yeah, uh-huh. Glorathan, the God's War. And what I thought was interesting about this is apparently it's based upon a, an intellectual property of Glorathan. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Glorantha. Glorantha. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm going to say Glorantha. Yeah, that's how it looks like to me. So Glorantha, um, it's an own intellectual property. But Mm -hmm. what's cool about this is it's kind of like a strategy, almost like a risk game, Mm -hmm. where you are taking control of like worshippers, minor gods, and like major deities, and you're fighting each other. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you can ever wipe someone out like in risk. It's just if you conquer certain things or win certain battles, you get points. Mm-hmm. That then you can use towards victory, you're like towards buffing yourself up. Uh-huh. So it's interesting how, like I said, it's like risk, but there's no player elimination. And it seems that there's lots of fun different mythologies that you could explore if that's your thing. Uh-huh. You know, like, I love exploring new mythologies and learning about them. You know, I though I like, tend to focus on real ones, uh-huh. real mythologies. Like that's yeah. a, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> but um, you know, like the Norse or the Egyptian or Japanese mythologies, like that. Mm-hmm. I think those are fun to learn about. It kind of teaches you about the culture. But this one has some really weird looking characters that I'm like, what is your story, dude? With a giant wheel that you're sitting inside yeah, of? You know? Yeah, yeah, it has uh, miniatures. I can't tell if they're miniatures that would be easily painted or not. Oh, I don't. They know. They look like they might be at like a little bit of a cheaper quality so they look they look fine but like if you actually try to paint them they might not take yeah very well. you're the expert on that <laughs> but i think it looks fun mm-hmm. and i think especially if you're willing to dive into a new storyline that you don't know much about mm-hmm. it could be really worth the investment there um one of the ones that i saw that looked interesting it's actually it's this one's kind of different it's called the mississippi queen mm-hmm. and this is actually not really a new game per se it's a reprint of a um, 1997 game that actually won the, is it called the Spiel, Spiel des Jahres Award? Yep. Um, which is like the top, basically the top honor in board games, oh, essentially. Yeah. Um, I believe they is, I believe they give that out at the Essen mm-hmm. conference that they have. Um, so this is um, a reprint of that, but then it also has like kind of like an expansion within it. But I, I did kind of, I thought the theme sounded kind of cute. Basically, you are players who are racing their um, old-fashioned um, power um, steamboats steam down the Mississippi and you're um, pick, picking up passengers along the way um, but you only have so much coal so your acceleration and how you um, maneuver your boat down the river really depend on like how much coal you have and how much you are going to spend and so it's all about making those decisions so you do can I get think it's worth swerving a little bit to pick up this dude yeah exactly kind of like that and um, the it's not, it's kind of one of those things that um, there's a lot of unknown turns and stuff in the river, and it's you're you're revealing it as you go. So uh-huh. you might end up being like, "Ooh, I did not expect that to come, and I didn't you know save up enough coal for that or whatever." That could be. So fun. yeah, I thought it sounded like a cute game. So it, it's apparently it's the base game, and then something they call the Black Rose expansion, which I don't you know I I'm not familiar with the 1997 version, so I don't know how that changes things. No, I've not. never heard of this game. At all. Um, but it has it looks like it has updated artwork from what I saw from the um, 97 version. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting how like 
something from 1997 is now like old. Well, that's 20 <laughs> years ago now. Oh my god, 21 that years makes ago. Feel really old. Well, think about it. If if you were born in, tw- in 1997, mm-hmm. you can drink this year. True. So I guess yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's weird. This to game think of is something. old enough to have itself its own little <laughs> little drink on the bayou. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you um, play this game and drink mint juleps or something. Oh my goodness, that would be wonderful. Do you have any turkey whiskey? <laughs> so that's a Mississippi Queen. One that I was especially excited about. Mm-hmm. I for sure am going to get this one. I can promise you that. Uh, unless once again there's some weird thing that's like no 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 don't do this mm-hmm. but I thought it was a cool concept it's called the Stygian Society what's cool about this one is that it's a cooperative game and they say it has a little bit of memory involved with it too you and a bunch of like roguish characters are trying to ascend your way up this tower hmm. now what's interesting is that you have these little it's not a dice tower necessarily mm-hmm. it's a cube tower because you have colored cubes much like how they have in the game Clank Uh right and they all mean something like the red ones and the green ones the blue ones all do something different and based upon how your turn goes you put that many cubes into the top of the tower Mm -hmm. and based upon how the tower is laid out inside there's little sections and holes in the floors that the cubes can either get caught up on or fall through Uh so it's almost like um that game plunk or kaplunk oh yeah yeah, where you have certain numbers falling out pretty much at all times whenever you make a move. Uh-huh. But it depends upon, like, what you did, how many cubes you put in, and, like, how you dropped them in the top or whatever uh-huh. as to how many cubes will fall down. So you could load yourself up with, like, a ton of good cubes and a ton of bad cubes. And maybe all the good cubes come out now, but now you have all those bad cubes sitting in there waiting to be dislodged. Mm-hmm. And they even have, like, a cool little pen at the bottom where if the cubes fall into this open pen when they fall out then whatever the value is it's doubled hmm. so if they are like you know you get hit then you get hit twice yeah if you like you know heal you heal twice so i thought this was really interesting how the more you add up the tower because as you ascend you then add on new pieces to the tower so the scene's growing and growing uh-huh. and growing but then it gets more complicated for where the cubes can get for stuck and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think this is interesting because it's one of the only games, like, of all the ones that... Because, like we said, this isn't, like, um, any kind of official top list. This is... We're looking at a bunch of games that are coming out and kind of going, oh, that one's catching my eye, that one's mm-hmm. catching my eye. This is the only one kind of of those I've seen that has, like, kind of a um, component, like, building yeah. component, you know? Um, for instance, like, something similar I would think of is... Um, potion explosion or something it has that like an interesting mechanic thing that you build so then you can actually put your hands on yeah like this is the only one of those that i've seen that has something like that so that i think that's really cool it's like this nifty little contraption that you have never seen before oh fantastic is that right yeah (laughs) the last one i want to talk about was one that i i'm surprised was not on your list i actually (laughs) did look at this one and i for whatever reason decided against it i think it had too it looked like it had too much you know it looks like it does but that's being deceptive because this actually what we're looking at here is there's okay it's like a a five maybe six player game and you are a victorian mastermind super villain Uh so you're trying to like steal the eiffel tower or whatever you know and so you're in your different city trying to like do your different evil deeds and what's cool is that you even have your own steampunk airship that's your base of operations Mm -hmm. how freaking cool is that yeah and they all like have different ways to work so it's an asymmetric game because each villain operates a little bit differently than the others. Mm-hmm. So you have different strengths and weaknesses, which is awesome. And then you have maybe slightly different goals too. But the theming of it is so amazing. And 
Yeah, it looks like a lot from the pictures we're seeing, but that's because like we have four or five people playing. Yeah, and I think true. like it's going to be reduced down based upon how mm-hmm. many like people you actually have. Going. I did think your airships looked really cool. The airships look really, really. I mean, cool. it, like I originally when I when I was looking at a list, like this one drew to me because it, it does have that steampunk quality. Mm-hmm. But then I was kind of like, ah, I don't know. No, you this know, one looks sure about it. fantastic to me. <laughs> I want to get this right now and play it. I want to like dress up and play it. That's... I do think I like the little like the this one has miniatures, but the only miniatures it has are actually of the little buildings that you're trying to like destroy mm-hmm. or steal. Um, and that's kind of they're kind of cute. But this one is just worker placement, mm-hmm. which is fine with me because the problem is a lot of them that we've seen are like worker placement and you know something um, else, something else, and something else, yeah. and it's. When you have too diff- too many different mechanics going mm-hmm. at once, it kind of feels like too much to me. Yeah. But like this one looks perfect because it's just worker placement and then you see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice like there were a lot of like, I don't know if you noticed any trends, but I noticed there's a lot of area control and worker placement. Oh, yeah. Which we're not usually huge on. Um, and then a lot of um, like card or dice drafting, which we like some of those. Like we're big friends of mm-hmm. Flank and stuff. And that's kind of a card drafting game. Oh, yeah. But it was kind of interesting. Like I didn't see a lot lot of i didn't see too much cooperative i know we did have um we talked about i think two cooperative ones on this yeah, list but no, a lot of them are being competitive this year yeah a lot of competitive ones and that one like i said the one you found that was the only one i saw that had kind of like an interesting component to it yeah not not a lot of interesting components so just um, watch out guys next year is going to be very vicious <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently um and a lot of um really heavy games with lots of pieces like some of them they just had so many cubes and they had these giant boards and stuff like that and 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 as we've said in some of our previous episodes getting your friends to learn a new game Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to know your audience and is this too much for them yeah you know yeah um i didn't i was interested that i didn't see anything about um like a new ticket to ride coming out. I'm assuming there will be a new one next year. There, of course there but, will. But like be. I was surprised that I didn't see anything about that. Um I didn't really see much on the expansion wise, like any expansions that really stuck out to me. But, yeah, nothing that really caught my yeah. eye. You know, I'm looking more for something new. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, I know Ooh. I have a couple of Kickstarters that I'm like waiting on, but <laughs> here's your new ticket to ride. Ticket to ride Polar Express. Get the kids to Santa. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Every ticket just connects back to the North Pole. <laughs> right. I mean, in a way, like the Norway board's kind of that. No, no, but like but, yeah. every ticket. Can you imagine a ticket to ride board where every ticket connects back but to the North Pole? The best but is, that'd be cool um, because you have the North Pole in the middle of the board, uh-huh. and then all of them are just spider webbing out from that. Yeah, um, the best is in the Norway one. If you play it on the app, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that one on the app or not. No. Um, there's one of the like bot players that you play against. It's called Santa Bot. And he always takes the long route that goes to the very northern. Like, yeah, of course he does. Always take of that. Of course no he what. does. It's just funny how like I like how some of the bot players have like a built-in like tick, mm-hmm. and like that's his thing is he always goes for that route. Of course, <laughs> he has to. I know. Um, so that's kind of our 2019 um, upcoming games that um, you should keep your eye on. I think we'll probably try to like publish this list as well. If you had to pick one mm-hmm. of the ones that you mentioned that you want to keep your eye on the most. Um, I'm really curious in that Darwin's choice, I think. I mean, I Oceans was very pretty and I wouldn't oh, yeah. mind getting that, but like I like kind of the different I like how you can kind of build those crazy characters mm-hmm. in Darwin's choice. I as much as I wanna say that Stygian Society is my number one, I gotta say I'm really keeping an eye out for the museum. 
Yeah, the museum, museum looked cool. really good to me. Mm-hmm. Darwin's Choice is not a bad bet either. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But museum just, it's something, it's rubbing me in like in, in my brain in a way that's like, yes, I need that. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if I don't play it often with people, I'll be just happy to see it on my shelf. Yeah. Like, yeah, I own that. Yeah. And as much as I'm a big fan of Warehouse 13, because mm-hmm. I do love that TV show, I'd, I'd have to see it played. I'd really have to, that one would take a lot of thought before I would buy it. Yeah. Well, we talked about rolling dice a lot in our games that we talked about, so now let's roll some dice ourselves. Okay. So, Greg, um, it is Christmas time. We we celebrate Christmas. It's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. Lauren, we're being neutral here. <laughs> it's the holiday gift-giving season. I'll allow it. <laughs> so, um, what games are on your um, Christmas list? that you most want under the tree? Under my um, inside plant, do yeah, you mean? Under, yeah. Not all of us can afford trees, uh, Under your inside uh, pagan symbol. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the first one that I would like is, we, we spent this past year going through Pandemic Legacy. Yes. Season one, I should Season say. Season one, yeah. And we were still not done. We're close. We're, we're close. Yeah. I don't think we're quite going to get done this year, but like yeah. I've had a blast playing it. And it's yeah. always fun also to be like, Man, it's been like almost exactly months since we played it. This is perfect, you know. Uh, yeah. Um the the reason like it's taking us so long is I mean, I'm sure it's not taking everybody else so long, but it's just we like are um one, we don't always want to play it. Like yeah. there's other things we want to play, and also sometimes our game night group changes and you kind of have to stick with the four people you started it with. Because it's not fair otherwise if they come back and like what happened? Oh, you guys played without me. Yeah, and then trying to also introduce someone else into it is really complicated because yeah. you're like you have to explain this whole story and of then, what happened. You know, some of us got new jobs and their schedules yeah. changed and yeah, so but we're getting there. We're I think we're in September, October now mm-hmm. for the game. So we're near the end, but yeah. It's been a rough year. Yeah. <laughs> but the one that I want to get, I know it's been out for a while. I'm not looking for a new thing. I'm looking for something that I missed before. Mm-hmm. I would like to go and finally play a good game of Risk with you, but also let's make it Risk Legacy. You know what's funny is I actually just recently on a totally game unrelated podcast. Got it. They were talking about that because this one, one of the hosts was talking about how she started um, a game of Risk Legacy mm-hmm. with a group of friends and two of the friends broke up. And they don't know what they're going to do now. Wow. Because they're like, how do we, like, do this? <laughs> I take my choice back. <laughs> I would like to instead just say clue. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's just funny how, like, you, that's, like, kind of a, a hidden problem. I, no, I know it's games. risky, but that's why it's called risk. <laughs> yeah, I've only played risk once, so. And you beat me pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. I let you <laughs> that win. That was a uh, Lord of Rings risk. I let her win, guys. That's what you I say. My, that's what I say to keep myself sane. <laughs> How about you? What's your um, first one? So I would say one of my first ones now is a Sushi Go Party. We love Sushi Go. We love Sushi Go. And, and I think they have new cards there. They too. have new cards, different foods. They actually have a board. It's kind of like um, a sushi conveyor belt. I took you to one of those once. You had a good time. Yeah, those are fun. Um, it, you know, I just, we love Sushi Go. It's super cute. It's a super easy game. Um, I would just love to have more cards, more cute cards and stuff. The only kind of downside I see about getting Sushi Go Party is that um, one of the benefits of Sushi Go is it's so small and portable and easy and quick to like teach and stuff. Mm-hmm. With Sushi Go Party, it has a board. It's a lot bigger. So I do kind of have that concern of it's not as portable anymore. Well, just do what I do. Keep your portable games. Oh, in yeah. Your, you would keep both. In your car. Mm-hmm. So that way, if you're ever stuck 
Flux, and we're like, hold on, I got something. Let me go back out to my car. Yeah, yeah. So You think I don't have a game of Flux in my car at all times? <laughs> That's an easy game to teach. Yeah. And it's portable. It's about the same size. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so I really, I, um, I like Sushi Go a lot, and I would really want to get Sushi Go Party. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, my next one is one that I saw that it's available on Steam mm-hmm. to download, but my laptop really sucks. <laughs> and I don't want to buy it because... I don't think I'd be able to run it, to Mm -hmm. tell the truth. But I would like to play it with friends, too. And it's one I've seen for a while now. And it's Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Where you play a bunch of firefighters going into a burning home and saving people. That looks, like, really fun. And it's kind of... I think it's by the same people who do Pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I like what they do. Yeah. But it just... It looks like a blast. I've seen a lot of people play it online. And I just would like to try it myself. Plus, it'll give you fun little figurines to paint. (laughs) You know, and we could put like, I was even thinking how great would it be if like on the truck we could take it apart and put an actual little light for mm-hmm. the sirens. And go, you know? My next game is Forbidden Sky. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. That's when we've had our eye on since it came out. Um, obviously, we have, uh, you have Forbidden Island, I have Forbidden Desert. Together we have Forbidden Sky. Yeah, it looks really cool. It kind of expands on those games. This one's really cool because it even has like kind of an electrical current thing that's going on to give lights and stuff. I don't trust you with that. (laughs) You tend to see every piece of the board as, ooh, this is candy, put it in your mouth. So like you will shock the heck out of yourself. We're such bad examples for children. (laughs) I'm always telling you no. I know. But it looks, I mean, it looks really cool and we really like their other games. Mm -hmm. Um, I am curious to know because like I haven't really, I haven't watched any any videos on it or anything. I've just seen pictures of it. Um, But I am curious to know because like Forbidden Island's fairly easy. Like it's a good filler game Mm -hmm. and it's easy to teach. But um, Forbidden Desert it becomes a lot more complicated. Well, it got like Mensa awards. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a lot more difficult, and so I'm curious to know if this one gets even more difficult, or you know how it fits. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. But I just know for a fact that once we get it, we're playing a gauntlet uh, all three. of all three. And here's the thing: you have to keep the same colored character. So, like, if you're the green character, you have to play green all the way through. <laughs> if we lose one game, you have to start the entire thing over. So that, like, you got to make it all the way through, yeah. you know? <laughs> How fun would that be? That would right? be pretty cool. Or, like, we just, like, you know, if you lose the second game for any reason, then, sorry, I guess we're not playing Forbidden Sky tonight. <laughs> we didn't make it, you know? <laughs> or you could just do a thing, like, there's always extra characters. Like, yeah. You, okay, we have, like, between the entire group of months, we have one spare life. Figure it out, guys, you know? <laughs> My last one, though, for the uh, top three that I would like under the Christmas tree, I've always wanted a dice placement game. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. Yeah. Like, you know, when you roll a dice and you have the cards, I'm like, oh, you put two fives here, then you complete this, whatever. I like those games, mm-hmm. and I don't have one. The only time we ever played that was with our friends, and we had the Mr. Meeseeks dice rolling box. And uh-huh. as much as that's fun, like, not everyone knows that show yeah, for like Rick and me. Morty. <laughs> so I want to get one that's a bit more like at least somewhat universally known. Uh-huh. So I was wanting to get the Star Trek five-year mission. Oh, I see. I thought you were going to go um, Sagrada. Or... Oh, Sagrada's fun too. Yeah, mm. but it's just with Star Trek, it's got the fun like, you know, everyone has a special ability they can uh-huh. do. It's a cooperative thing. And I tend to like cooperative games more than True, competitive yeah. games. And it's it's fun for me, the idea that you can mix and match the original and the new generation mm-hmm. for Star Trek. Like that's just kind of cool. You know, so <laughs> I, I, Sagrada wouldn't, I would not be upset. 
It's just funny it's because you had recently, like, we've seen it obviously a million times, and then you had recently finally seen like a video, and you were like telling me about, you know, that game is actually really cool. No, stuff. it's really so cool. That's why I was surprised. Like, I'm like, oh, Sag- that's where Sagrada he's going. is really cool because it's also a dice rolling game where like it's a lot more strategy. Mm-hmm. It's not just cards laid out and you have to figure it out. It's you're filling in a stained glass window, but based upon where you start and like, what choices you make limit your options for the future mm-hmm. so you really have to kind of plan ahead too so that's what's make that interesting so it's pretty much do i want to be cooperative and have like a an intellectual property theme or okay. do i want to like be competitive and just have like a cool universal theme? you know either way it'd be fun but i would like a dice rolling game but if i had to pick one mm-hmm. i'm gonna be selfish and say star trek <laughs> even though i know you're a star wars kind of gal yeah so my final pick and this probably isn't of too much surprise to you is um, I've been really eyeing the Ticket to Ride New York edition. Actually, that is a surprise to me. I did not know you'd been eyeing that. <laughs> I thought you were done with your Ticket to Ride itch, but I well, guess not. Well, I mean, the, okay, so the reason that I, um, I like kind of like this one is it's a much smaller and a much shorter version. I of have Ticket a major disagreement with this Ticket to Ride, though. What? Because Ticket to Ride has been about what? Trains. And this one's not about cabs. It's about cabs. I don't need to buy a ticket to get into a cab. (laughs) True. But um, I just, I like the idea of having kind of a Ticket to Ride game that is a little bit more portable and a little bit faster. That's true. So it could be more of a filler game. This is the Sushi Go of Ticket to Ride. True. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Because Ticket to Ride, it is big. And then also sometimes... Um, you have certain versions of it that you can't play it without like the other version and stuff like that. True, so true. you have to also then, oh, I have to remember to go. I got to remember to get, get the, the cards and the extra trains out of this one so I can put it in that yeah, one. Yeah. And so that that becomes a bit much. So I like the idea of having like kind of that more condensed ticket to ride. I agree. I think that's a good idea. I really wish the ticket to ride boxes mm-hmm. expansions would allow for some extra space to put a bag of trains there usually they do no I no think. they they usually come with a space for like here's your new white or purple color trains. yeah but like not enough to like keep three or four players worth of trains there mm, i feel like they do Mm-mm. no because know. like the uk one that we have uh-huh. the uk slash pennsylvania one there's only enough in there just for the cards mm. and then for like i think the one new color trains that they give you uh-huh. and the boards but that's it like, you can't, like, keep it all in there. Because if I want to, like, just, I'm always playing this, but i got to remember to bring an extra bag of the entire other box of, like, Europe that I have yeah. so I can have those trains mm-hmm. with me. And that's kind of annoying. I wish they would have enough space so I could, in any box, put, let's just call it four uh-huh. of, you know, different train colors so then I can be ready yeah. to party with that one box. The other thing that sometimes annoys me, too, is because I have, so I have the American version base, mm-hmm. and you have the European oh, version Oh, I base. hate your American version. The American version's cards are really tiny. Baby They're cards. pain to have to shuffle and anything like that. So, like, those cards really bother me. So that's why sometimes I'm like, oh, why didn't this just come with its own cards? Where I need to I find out if they did a reprint of that, the American version with yeah. medium-sized cards. <laughs> I will buy it for you just to get the cards. No, or it'd be interesting if you can just buy the cards somewhere. That would be interesting. Right. Because, like, it'd be worth it because the American cards are just so small that I don't know They're, why. like, half the size. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, me neither. I, so it, weird. I guess maybe because it was their first one and then after that they abandoned the little cards, but you still have to use them all the time and it's Major annoying. feedback, I would like bigger cards. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So those are the games that we want under our Christmas list. Mm-hmm. But now we have a gift for our listeners of our double escape room report. Not one, but two for holidays from you. For this month's Escape Room Report, um, we actually have a double feature. 
we like it when one room is good in a location, but like mm-hmm. we said before, that's not necessarily a guarantee the other room is going to be as good. True, yeah. But if it's got two rooms in it, sometimes you're like, let's just do both, knock it out, get it mm-hmm. over with, so that way like we can really judge this location. Yeah. You know? So um, we went out to an escape room called Mind Trap Escape Room in Temecula, California. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time we went out, we wanted to do, we were just, it was just the two of us. It was kind of like early morning on the weekend. And so um, we decided to do their conspiracy room, which is supposed to be their more difficult room. Do we want to share about the story of us racing to get there? We were very late, guys. <laughs> Thankfully, the owners were very nice about it. But we, we were calling them, like, we're coming, we swear. Yeah. We swear we're coming. We like, kinda, yeah, we kind of, like, it was a very last minute thing, and we overestimated how fast we could get there. <laughs> First time we've ever been late to an escape room. It was, And it was, we were the only ones who booked. So it was just us. I should just say that, you know, sometimes you can have a view or an opinion of escape room based upon the owners themselves, Mm -hmm. not the escape. Because it's not an island unto itself, the actual room. Sometimes the actual, like, staff influence how you look at this. Definitely, yeah. These people here, salt of the earth people, really, really nice, you know, and totally forgiving for the fact that we were, like, I think 15 minutes late. No, we were probably more than that. I think we were more like 20 minutes late. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were pretty late. I mean, they said to us, to be fair... They said, if another group books, like mm. the one afterwards, we're going to have to, like, count your time have started. And we're like, fair, fair. Just yeah. like, we're going to get there. Yeah. Totally understand. Well, and, and thankfully, like, if if somebody else had booked, like, I told them, I was like, if there's someone else there who's doing the same time, because it, it's an, it was an open booking. It wasn't private booking. Yeah. I said... We understand. You have to do what you have to do. And I mean, like, you know? I want to bet they would have been willing to just shift us down the like the schedule. Even. Maybe, like, yeah. Because they might have been said, okay, you can't make the 1 o'clock. How about you come back for, like, the 3.30? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They're really nice staff here is super accommodating. So I just want to get that out of the way. Really nice people. Yeah. I mean, don't purposely be late. But, you know. We, no, no, don't <laughs> test them. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I think that helped us was, um, you know, like I said, it, it is open booking. So other people could have booked with us. Mm-hmm. One thing we've kind of found is if we want to do a room where we're kind of assured that it's just going to be the two of us or just the four of us if we have our rest of our friends, sometimes if you pick kind of odd times, yeah, you'll get lucky. Um, like if you go like with their earliest time or with their latest time. Well, that's how we did that one room at the basement where we wanted to go. Yeah, we... And- we, we went to the 1 a.m. <laughs> we went to, like, what's the last, 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 yeah. like, spot that you have? Okay, we'll take that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so sometimes that works out in your favor. Um, so and other times you almost get paired with a family that speaks only Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, that almost happened to us, too. Um, so this room, conspiracy, obviously, as the name suggests, it is about um, conspiracy theories. That's yeah, what so it's about. like Illuminati, you know, hidden aliens, mm-hmm. you know, the government's, like, chemtrails and poisoning the water. Yeah, all assassination that, of Kennedy. All of that just, like, jumbled into a blender, hit frappe, and then just pull the grab back uh-huh, out. Yeah, you know? so this room, like we said, it's, it's supposed to be their more immediate to expert room, and it was just the two of us in there. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, this... This location, they're just sort of a storefront location, once again. Yeah. But I said, despite that, they are able to do a lot with theming. This room, they don't have to do quite as much with the theming. No, what was cool about this room, like, I could have used a little bit more, like, just if a personal touch. Mm-hmm. But overall, it felt like, you know, just like how, yeah, if I'm a conspiracy nut, I'm going to find some place to put all my junk. Yeah. To, like, you know, keep track of stuff. And then here you go. Okay, the space will do. Mm-hmm. So, like, it kind of fits a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like, it's kind of like when you have, like, a lab room. 
Like, you can easily do that because exactly. there's not that much to it, 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 you know? it kind of naturally just, like, fits towards your typical rectangular room. Yeah, Because exactly. why not? Yeah, I did think... They had a very clever hint system, too, in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems very low-tech, but, like, it worked for the, the story, which is what's important, really. Um, whereas if you would ask for a hint you would there was a copier or like a printer in the room that was and really it would cool. print out the hints and so you would you could read them that way i mean you had to wait to the cameras or something but then they print out a hit as if like someone's watching you yeah it's like yes that's that's awesome mm-hmm. you know? yeah it's just so much better than just the walkie-talkie i get really side the only thing i think i would have liked a little bit better is if like the camera that the game master uses in the room if he could like manually tilt it and like uh, yeah. you could hear the uh-huh. like you could hear it tracking you uh-huh. that would have put like a little bit extra like oh, someone's Brick Brothers watching me kind mm. of thing, you know? Like, of course, they just probably had the infrared camera for seeing the dark, like, just mount in the corner. But even if they could have that little, like, sound effect of, like, the camera's turning to watch you, that would have been, like, just that extra icing on the cake for me. Yeah. Um, this room, it, it had um, it had some good, like, kind of physical interaction. Oh, yeah. There, there's a there's a biocontainment unit thing. Mm-hmm. You get to, like, stick your hands through, like, the gloves and, like, feel around for stuff. That was a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it's always nice to have something that you can, like, interact with like that, where it's not just unlocking boxes constantly. And, and it's kind of a puzzle because you lose your tactile sense of, like, mm-hmm. picking things up. So you got to do it through these heavy rubber gloves and feeling around in the dark and blah, blah, blah. So, like, that's always kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a cool kind of thing with um, where we had, like, kind of gas masks. That it took us a really long time oh, they to took figure us out for, what to yeah, do with them. Oh, to figure out what to do with them. We kept, like, looking at everything through them, and, like, the one thing that you had to look at was, like, the last thing we thought to look at. Yeah, like, we had to get a hint on that, like, look at the freaking thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. we're done. <laughs> this room... Oh. The one thing that I really liked mm-hmm. that I was hoping they would have in this room, and they did, was the string connection on the, like, map. Yeah. game you know where uh-huh. like I forget how it worked exactly so I can't even spoil it to tell mm-hmm. the truth but it's one of those like there's a bunch of pins on the map and you have to like connect string go to here and then here and then here and then you look back like oh it's a four you know uh-huh. kind of thing but like for this room specifically that really really adds up and works because like in the crazy mind of like this guy who's finding like patterns and things where maybe there's not patterns it's your job to see those patterns as well mm-hmm. so that's why I thought especially this thing was like really cool you know yeah I just wish that this had like a lot more like in-depth references like of um you know things on actual maps or mm-hmm. stuff you know like they could have easily done like a picture of like you know washington dc and be like illuminati numbers you know or something like that yeah i feel i did feel like in a way like there's a bit of a story disconnect with this room where i didn't really feel like i knew like anything about the hacker or exactly the, the conspiracy it's just oh he has VR. like he did some research and he just kind of has his thumb in every pocket yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't like there was a like particular conspiracy theory that he was after. Yeah, like if know? I had like figured out like oh, he cracked the JFK assassination like how you alluded to uh-huh. or something. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was not one particular thing. It's pretty much like It's like hitting on a bunch of yeah, them. Yeah, if you have ever like done a deep dive like how I did a couple years ago into conspiracy theories just to be like what is it about them that's so fascinating? Uh-huh. You might recognize a couple pictures or a couple like key names yeah. or places. So you'd be like, it's pretty much like a reference soup, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, here's this, oh, here's this, oh, here's this. Mm-hmm. But like, they're not really connected in any way. And it's not necessarily important that they're connected or not. But I think you're right for a more coherent story for like who this person is and what conspiracy he apparently found the truth behind. 
would have been a bit nicer. Uh-huh. Like, maybe that somehow ties into all of it, how the American government's doing something. But even still, there was, like, mention about, like, Russian things and stuff in, like, South America. And it's like, I don't... I feel like um, that this room... There was a couple things in the room that kind of... It was like, we didn't know what, like, not so much a puzzle that we didn't know what to do with, but, like, actual physical, we didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, like, we mentioned the masks, like, not being oh, able to tell. Oh, one point, I'm holding it in my hand, just looking around, like, I... Yeah, I couldn't tell, I like, know. what am I, I... I know I'm supposed to do something with it, but I don't know what. There was also another point where we had, like, it was one of the puzzles, and we could tell, like, it, it was supposed to, like... Um, it was something on the wall and we could tell like it was going to open or something, but we like, didn't know we were like pushing oh, on oh, it. I remember what you're we talking didn't know about, what yeah. we were supposed to do with it. And I just felt like there was a couple times in this room where we kind of got stopped by things like that, where we were like, I, I know this does something, yeah, but I, I know don't there's know. something that, yeah, clearly this is something. Yeah. But am I supposed to like push it, pull it, lick it, stamp exactly. it? I don't know. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. And I, I don't know, you know, is that a criticism? Maybe, maybe not. Um I, I just think... there's a few things that felt like it was it was kind of too like you have to intuit what it is. Yeah. Rather than like a clue telling you what it is. Yeah, and obviously you don't want to break it, so you're like, I don't, you know, you, I, you kept pushing on it. I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to push on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I have yet to break anything in an escape room. Mm -hmm. Like, you actually have broken a few tiny things, but they was just like, oh, there's like plastic vial. I accidentally dropped it. Sorry, you know, but it's like Yeah, there were things that were like, oh, already, but like, yeah. That's fine, you know, but if I feel like I was ever to like rip something off a wall, I would feel so bad, but I'll pay for that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah, it was, it was just kind of weird. There was a couple like, kind of like, unsure moments where mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this thing. There was also one puzzle in there that I hate to say, but even the guy who runs the game admitted it's literally just a guess and check. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the early things you do. But it's essentially like a series of switches or levers or something. Mm -hmm. And you have to just keep guessing and checking as you go along until you get something wrong and then you go back and you try it. Like, as you go along, it confirms that's correct, that's correct, that's wrong, start over. That's uh -huh. correct, that's correct, that's correct, that's correct. You know, kind of thing. And it's just annoying that there's no paper they could have given me. Yeah, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason, really. It's as to, just, like, how yeah. it is. It's just you got to just, you know, hard power through it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's something for someone else to do, especially if they're not good at, like, reading pages and finding the clues uh -huh. that are it's like a process of elimination thing but it's it's monkey work yeah you know it's just like i could i could train chimpanzee to do that mm -hmm. you know he would get yeah. it eventually yeah um i will say this room so this room goes they say it goes up to eight um i don't know if i would necessarily play it at eight I mean, obviously, we got out of it with just two. I don't. We didn't have a ton of time left on I the clock. I think we had under we five. Had, yeah, we had some time left on the clock. Um, it is a fairly large space. Yeah, you can so I'll fit give it eight that. people in here comfortably. Yeah. Eight people can stand around, even with without using the second room. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, there's a second room. Yeah. Done. <laughs> but even without using that just in the first space, there's enough for everyone to kind of comfortably like lift their arms out and spin. Yeah, you wouldn't you be know? on top of it's each other. It's not like a cramped thing. Like, remember when we did that Murder in the Orient Express one in mm -hmm. San Diego? We're like, there's no way eight people or fit in here. The um the time we did the escape bus, they, that, were, that went up to six. No. Yeah, we were like, you couldn't Even do this in two, I was like, Lauren, you need to sit down so I can get past yeah, you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Two was... people would just be constantly sitting on the couch. Exactly. Or, what, or bench or whatever it was in that uh, yeah. bus. But in here, yeah, you can fit eight, but I don't think most people are going to have anything to do. Yeah. It's like how we talk about with the escape rooms in a box. Yes, you can have a lot of people there, but like how many hands can you actually have on this particular project at the time? Yeah. 
And this room's say... a little bit nonlinear. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But the problem is also it does have kind of stop gaps where you have to do these four things to unlock this one thing to then go do those four things. Mm-hmm. So once you have like two of those things done, if two other groups are working on those two other things, you got to wait till they get done before mm-hmm. you can progress. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how it's non-linear yet it is you know mm-hmm. it has like little choke points but with eight people yeah. i mean imagine you're the last one working on your little puzzle and everyone's standing around like how's it going lauren let me just look it over your shoulder can i maybe even move that i did that already gary you know yeah i think um obviously the room's doable with two i think four would work well in this room mm-hmm. i think you could go up to six but i would stay away from eight. i would cautiously go up to six mm-hmm. five especially maybe. especially if, if maybe if you aren't all like super enthusiastic if you've got too. a couple of noobs yeah yeah if you got a couple of newbies with you i think six would be a good number for this room yeah especially because there's a lot of stuff where like i said it's not as um obvious how to do it so it'd be nice to have that one person who might just have that eureka moment of like oh maybe if you pull it instead of push it or slide yeah. it or whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah is it a bop it <laughs> Push it, pull it, slide it, pop it. Um, so we ended up going back and we did their other room. Now their other room, it was, it's supposed to be like their easiest room. It's the room that they recommend to people who call and say, oh, well, we've never done a room before. Yeah. They 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 rate it as intermediate on their website. But like I said, they, they call it their more um, easy room. Um, and it is called Gold Rush. Which I love. I like the Western theme. Mm-hmm. I've been really get into it. In the and past we had we had done a room that was that was Western. Western yes, yeah. so so, I, I was on board. Yeah, and so we we choo happened. Choo. What 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 ended up happening is so we went to do the one room, and then we were gonna um, go back to Temecula and kind of just spend the day out there because there's other things we like to do out there. And so I had booked this room because I was like, hey, we like their other room. Let's knock this one out too. Yeah. And but we want to take a little break in between because yeah. Lord only knows. You get a little bit of mental fatigue after a really <laughs> tough room, especially when you're yeah. like two or three minutes left. You're like, oh, I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we went into this room and um, it was just the two of us once again. But then we ended up getting paired with two strangers. Yeah. Two young, uh, if I remember correctly, upper high school, maybe lower college girls. Yeah. Uh, who it was their first time. Both yeah, it was their first time. And at first I was really like, because we don't love to do rooms with other people. We've had good experiences. We've had bad experiences. Mm. Um, and we've never done one with two younger people like that. Well, we have, but it was like in a family situation. Yeah. Um, so at first I was like, oh, this is my nightmare. But I will say. <laughs> this is my nightmare. Yeah. This is my nightmare. I was like, I, you know, two teenage girls. Oh God. But um, I will well, say well, you like. you were one once. Can't I you, know, right? Can't you speak their language? Um, Just use like and like hashtag everything. <laughs> but I, w- I will say I was pleasantly surprised. They were both really nice girls and they actually did really well and in the room. I am ashamed to admit that in this room, I just was on my, you know, people say you're on your A game. I was mm-hmm. on like my D plus game in this room. <laughs> something about this room just was really throwing me for a curveball and I mm-hmm. could not get my head around it. And so these two girls who have not done rooms before were kind of doing better than I was. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think was I like, teased you at one point. I was like, what is happening with me? You said, get your head in the game dude i'm like i can't um this room is too awesome because it's well themed yeah so here's the thing about this room they call this their their easy room whatever this room is adorable first of all it it looks like the inside of a log cab but even has a little tv screen to the window that makes it look like you're looking at a mountain range kind of western frontier thing which looks great yeah it looks really good their hint system is amazing 
Yeah, it, their hint system, it was very similar. It reminded me of when we did the... Um, the bunny burrow one. Yeah, the down the rabbit hole. Oh, that's what it was, it yeah. Trapped, yeah. It, it's basically you're just talking to someone through, like, it looks like a pipe system kind of thing. Yeah. But sh they do it in character, and it's just, it, it works well, you know, with what the, you're doing. Um, the room is, like I said, the, the theming's good. It's like Disney quality theming, I would say. Honestly, yes. I yeah. would, I highly agree with that. Yeah. I mean, if you told me that we were going to get on Splash Mountain afterwards, I would totally believe you. If you told me that they were going to make this in a part of Disneyland mm -hmm. and charge $100 a ticket, I'd go. Yeah. You know? So, you know, the theming's great. And like, one of the things I remembered one of the game masters telling us the first time we had been to this location is that while this room is easier... It's one of those rooms that it's easy to sort of um, second guess or kind of overthink things. And guess which what, might Greg have been what does. Greg was doing. Guess what I'm known for: yeah. second guessing, overthinking things. Yeah. So I think that's what my problem like, was. It's not that hard, but you think it's. This that room hard. was my kryptonite. I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> Um, but I, I'd say like this room, especially two, um, four is definitely a sweet spot for this room. It could be done by two. I think, I think you and I could have done it probably ourselves. Not me. <laughs> well, I mean, we got out with a, a good amount of time left. So okay. True. Maybe it, it was hard because there isn't a clock in this room. So you don't really know how much time you are. So that no, always, but I think there was an hourglass, wasn't there? There's an hourglass. So Which is also know. on theme. Yeah. And I liked it. And so basically what it is, is there's an hourglass. So you roughly know. And then the game master will also say, you know, you have 20 minutes left. Hey y'all, there's about 20 minutes left before. And also here's the thing. The story fit really well the too. Story the story was, was there's some dude and he found a bunch of gold and we're essentially trying to rob his cabin before he gets back from his trip to town. Yeah. Because, you know, in the Western Frontier, you make a monthly or weekly visit to town to go uh -huh. get supplies. So he's making that run and we got to get it before we get out. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is at the very end when you find the gold, I kind of look at him like, there's no way we're getting all this out in the 20 minutes we have left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this room, it has like everything is in theme. So there's no weird locks that don't make sense for what the no. kind of room is. Um, there's no, there's a lot of physical interaction, moving things around, mm -hmm. weighing things. <laughs> oh, the weighing part was really cool. Yeah. That was a cool puzzle. <laughs> yeah. There's essentially a thing where you have to put different foodstuffs into a, like a big scale and it, it will have this giant needle point up and down against a list of things on the wall. Mm -hmm. And you have to translate that into some other matrix of a puzzle thing. And then it gives you the, con that was just Amazing. Yeah. I loved that, you know. And I couldn't believe, like, this is, okay, so usually, and especially me, I'm very good at being able to tell when there is another room that we have to get into. Because mm -hmm. sometimes it's not just a door. Sometimes it's behind a bookcase yeah. or whatnot. This room, the way they did it, I literally did not know there was a second room to this room. No, neither did like, I. I had no idea. When it opened, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I thought I thought it was going to be that we have a floorboard open. Mm -hmm. And then, like, we pull a chest from out of that. Yeah. Not the case. Yeah. An entire another room surprised us. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's all I got to say. It just blew my mind kind yeah. of. Yeah. And that room had a really good kind of, it, it wasn't so much a puzzle as you're collecting things throughout and mm -hmm. that triggers the final thing. The final thing, and I we will not spoil it, was very surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing that this room does have as well that I find infuriating at the time, yet I love afterwards, uh -huh. is puzzles that you see at the very beginning, but you don't get the solution to or like the key for yes. until much later on. There was, was one, one puzzle that was, that was like, crazy. I think it was under the bed or something yeah, like and that. It and we were constantly like, we got your thing. Try the bed. <laughs> like, yeah, know. exactly. It was essentially we had to unlock something and it said, ask, ask Tweety. And we were like, 
for the longest time trying to figure out. Like, you mean the until, little yellow bird? Yeah, um, it isn't until, like, the very, like, end of the room that you finally find out what that is. Yeah. <laughs> this also had one of my favorite, favorite kind of illusions or puzzles, I guess you'd call it. Uh-huh. Both in escape rooms, which I've never seen in an escape room, but it's my favorite thing now, and in, like, movies in real life, where it's the perspective where you have to, like, get your head just right to see different lines. Oh, and different... yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at one point, you have to, like, line yourself up just perfectly so these weird, seemingly nothing marks mm-hmm. on different parts of the room line up perfectly to spell, like, the letter A or something, and that's what you need. Uh-huh. Just those always amaze me, and I got to do one. I was like, no, no, it's this, and I'm trying to get your head, like, look here. It's, it's kind of like... Look up at the stars. Do you see this one over here? You're like, I see stars, Greg. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's kind of hard to explain to other people. Mm-hmm. They don't see what you see. But what I saw it, my mind was exploded. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this room gets it. Because that's something that they would have had as like kind of like a visual hiding mechanism for mm-hmm. even the Western days. You know, just paint a bunch of stuff on a random post. But then when you line up in this exact spot in that corner, you crouch a little bit, you can see what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, and it's... It's funny because, like, I would tell people, like, if if I'm to recommend this company, which I do, I do recommend this company, and they are building um, another location, which I'm really excited about. Um, and it's not too far either. So, in fact, it's a little bit closer to us. So, yes. even better. Um, Just keeps getting better and better. You know, like, even if they, people are someone who's done a lot of escape rooms... I would tell them to do Gold Rush. Yeah. Because it's just that, like, maybe it's not the hard, most difficult room we've ever done, but it's a, just a really solid room, and the theming is so good. Oh, the theming is amazing. A++ plus mm-hmm. to that, you know? Yeah. I even like it when the hint system, like the giver, gets in character. He goes, you can call me One-Eyed Sally. And I'm like, yeah. One-Eyed Sally, whereabouts would I find some coffee? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes, Greg likes to play it up to the... <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> oh, we have a story about... Um, a Jurassic Park themed room and how yeah. I, I think changed the game for them permanently. <laughs> yeah, that one's coming up too. <laughs> uh, one last comment though. And I mean, it's not really a criticism. It's just something to watch out for if mm-hmm. you do this room. Some of the puzzles it require you to put something onto a shelf or into a certain place, mm-hmm. you know, and then a trick or something with mm-hmm. like an RFI locator or whatever. But just a warning, it has to be almost very precise. Yeah. There was one point where we had to like... We were doing up, the right thing, but... Yeah, well, we had to take something and put it onto the wall, like mm-hmm. a moose head kind of thing, imagine, right? Yeah. But like, I guess it wasn't exactly, exactly center or lined up or something. Mm-hmm. And so we did it and we're like, that's... That, that that's it right yeah <laughs> and we kept no that's it we checked the puzzle and then one eyed sally came in did you sure you all have it straight and centered he liked it really level you know yeah, kind of thing yeah. and then oh adjust click yeah what you know so just make sure if you do end up you know putting something on the wall or something onto a shelf or whatever really you know line it up with that outline that gives yeah you. yeah this room it's this room is cool because um it had like it does have tech to it like there's some but really cool hidden. things that happen yeah but it's hidden so it's it's not like a normal room where there's tech like mm-hmm. you don't know necessarily it's tech but like it is an advanced room even though it seems very like what you're doing seems low tech yeah so that was really cool. Um, the other thing I kind of like about this company, one, like we should, once again, we can't say like they're really nice people. Um, oh, they give you snacks. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the fun things they do in their lobby, which, you know, a lot of them will have like the little pub puzzle games and stuff. in A little there. kind of warm up. Yeah. What they do, and it's kind of good too, because if you've never done an escape room, is they actually have these like boxes that are lock boxes. And the uh, within the box itself on the outside is 
contains the code to open it. And it's a very simple thing, but essentially it's a sample like if you get this, mm-hmm. you're gonna do well. Yeah, and it's kind of preparing your your brain for mm-hmm. you know what's to come and stuff, especially if you've never you know done an escape room before. And inside are snacks, and you get to take one. <laughs> yeah, it's like the little tiny bags of chips or cookies yeah. or whatever. It's a tiny little thing, mm-hmm. but it's really nice to have. Yeah, you it's know. cute. Plus, also if you're waiting for a room, because that does happen sometimes. It's rare in our case, but usually. Uh, there might be one group waiting for like, oh, we wanted to do the gold rush, but someone else is in there. Then, hey, you have something to enjoy while you're waiting. Yeah. Instead of just or, sitting there awkwardly. Yeah. We've also, um, gotten to rooms really early before because, you know, we thought traffic was going to be worse than it was. Or we weren't sure what the parking situation is going to be yeah. like. And we, our biggest fear is being late to something and then being like, well, you're late. Sorry. Yeah, Which, exactly. once again, thankfully, these guys do not do that to me. Yeah. So. Thankfully, they were nice about it. Um, so yeah, so the snacks are cute. And like I said, I liked the idea of that having that little warm up puzzle mm-hmm. to, you know, get your brain working it that way. Um, so we definitely highly recommend, um, Mind Trap Escape Room. Like I said, they've, um, told us that they have a, another location coming. Um, I believe that one's going to be more in like Murrieta, which is right close to Temecula. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit closer for us though. So, um, we're looking forward to that. So you'll definitely hear more about them, I'm sure. Oh, Yes. So there's been that one game that I think we've probably talked about before, but it's been on my mind because um, I was actually buying it as a Christmas present for somebody. Um, it's me. No, it's not you. Aww. <laughs> um, and that is Unstable Unicorns. It's not me that you bought that for, because I feel like that's still something I would no. enjoy. <laughs> it's one of our other friends. I, I know. <laughs> but just like because it's such a cute game and then also like I saw that they have a new expansion out. Um, that we hadn't previously seen. Um, what was it called? Like, oh crap, it's dragons or something like that? <laughs> no, they do have the dragon expansion and they have the not safe for work expansion. Oh, no, they have like an apocalypse expansion? Yes, it's called the rainbow apocalypse. Rainbow expansion. apocalypse. Yeah. So fantastic. And actually, I was kind of sad because um, I saw they did a special Kickstarter for what I thought was an expansion, but it turns out it isn't an expansion. And it's, yeah, it's called... Um, Unstable Unicorns Controlling Chaos. And it looks like super cute. I mean, like, look at this one. He has like a little like D20. D20. Yeah, like it looks super cute. It turns out it it was a Kickstarter exclusive and only the people who were in the Kickstarter will get it and they're not going to ever sell it. Funded in 24 minutes, it says. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I was like really sad that we missed that because it looks super cute. It made... Um, over $2 million. Yeah. That's crazy. But like, I'm just like, I literally, I'm just like, I can't believe that it's not something they're going to sell. Like, I think they will eventually. Maybe. Like, give it a year. And they'll be like, okay, now we're going to put this out. But you, if you're going to have Kickstarters, like exclusives, Mm -hmm. you want those people to feel like they got something special. Yeah. Yeah. So you might not get, be able to get some of these cards and stuff that they have. So I, I think that they will make these available eventually but we're not going to see it till like 2020 like this game's just it's super clever and super cute and i don't know i really like it i like the unicorn of foreboding doom (laughs) it's got like a cloak on you can't see its face it's got lightning around it it's pretty fantastic (laughs) so how about you gray what what game is on your mind right now I, I've got a sickness and the only prescription is more pandemic. Oh no. I got to finish it up. Yeah. We talked about how we're almost done. Mm -hmm. I want to say we've got two or three more games left and I would like to 
make one more dent in that. Yeah, and it also because like the last time we played, we you know we've been really and if you if you've played the Pandemic Legacy Season One, you probably kind of know already. But basically, like things got really crazy, and and now we're like, finally in a position finally, where we can start to make it better. Yeah, we're starting to finally turn things around. And, like, we haven't been able to play since. Like, I think we said before, but for the longest time, the yellow disease uh-huh. was just running amok on us. Yeah. And we were like, wow, this stinks really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And now we can finally kind of answer back and do something about that. Mm-hmm. So we're really happy about that. And Lauren's looking at more pictures of the unicorns. <laughs> and I see a baby sloth accord. And I knew you could point to that immediately. I like the baby, <laughs> baby penguin. Bear. No, no, I like the baby penguin corn. It's a little baby penguin with a unicorn horn and a rainbow <laughs> scarf. Baby beluga corn. <laughs> I think I had to buy this for Lauren as well, guys. How about the million dollar baby unicorn? Like the, it's, but the million He's just do- eating money. He should have boxing gloves on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this in. You know that, right? <laughs> I I distracted Greg from his own Friday favorite. Okay, I have I have a problem. Uh-huh. They have a demonic baby unicorn. It should have been Rosemary's baby's unicorn. <laughs> I like look at his pacifier. It's a little yeah, bat. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bat with a skull. It's fantastic. Okay, so happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. <laughs> happy New Year. Yeah, and we have some really great things planned for the next year. So please stay tuned. Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us. Thanks. Bye.